Heidi Rhodes is the first graduate of Washington State University's Mathematics and Science Education doctoral program. Rhodes has completed this program from WSU Vancouver and talks about the highs and lows of earning her PhD, as well as shares her research about middle school principals and their perceptions about math. Education Eclipse starts now. Education, news, and research. These are the conversations happening inside education, athletic training, sports science, and sport management that are going to transform each. It's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. Back here on Education Eclipse, I'm Brandon Chapman, and I'm joined by Heidi Rhodes. And Heidi, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, first of all, because here's the cool thing, here's the news, here's what everybody wants to know. Uh, you are going to be the first graduate of the College of Education's Math and Science PhD program. So congratulations on that, first of all, for being the very first of this program, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So let me ask you just your background and then how you ended up getting into, uh, you know, deciding to go into a PhD program. So just tell us a little bit about you first. I have been a math teacher since, well, probably high school. I went into teaching math because I had a high school teacher that I loved and have been in this career for a long time and <laughs> moved into, from teaching into the district office level working on math and I really had rethought the way we were teaching math as the you know NCTM standards came out and then things changed in the United States math education programs and so I've been rethinking my my work for years and uh, so when I was at the district office in Evergreen School District it occurred to me that often people were saying well how do you know how do you know something works how do you know that instructional coaching is good how do you know that this program does what you want it to do how do you know how do you know and I really didn't you know the only pe people would always point to well the, the, the students test scores go up and I was like there's got to be a better way to know whether or not something's really helpful and productive and so I was like well it seems to me that PhDs learn how to research and figure out how they know. So I went in to, to learn how to research and to be able to that answer that question a lot more effectively than the student test scores went up or didn't go up. Or just, because I know, you want to fight about it? <laughs> right. <laughs> when I got here to WSU in 2013, the math and science PhD program was just starting. Uh, when, did you, when did you gain admission to the program? I started during their second year. So I was in the second cohort of, of students they had. I think it was 2013. And just for, for the listeners, uh, for context, where's Evergreen School District located? In Vancouver. Okay. So it's in Vancouver, and you're actually doing your studies at WSU Vancouver. And that's obviously one of the things that makes this program a very beneficial program for a lot of people is that they can, they can do that on location. So you are able to do this where you live. What were some of your favorite parts of this program, aside from al allowing you to be able to research and gain answers? I appreciate very much what you just talked about, the fact that in this program, there's no way they could have operated this program out of each of the different campuses by themselves, because there just aren't all that many people dying to get a math or science ed PhD. But it was really nice to be able to have a, co a group that came together across campuses. And I think one of my favorites was the, the way the classes ran because even though we were in Vancouver and people are in Spokane, Tri-Cities, or Pullman, I really got to know those, the people quite well. 
And so they really were a cohort of friends who went through this program together, which seems strange if you're not actually in these classes, but the TV approach works just fine. So I really like that, and I, I think because you get to know these people, you have a sense of what all of their different research interests are, and so it's, it's fun to kind of watch us all grow from being baby researchers into you know, sophisticated and, and knowing what we're doing. So that was the fun part, too. I wouldn't know. I don't know that anyone's ever falsely accused me of being sophisticated, but I like that term, baby researcher. So, so <laughs> your your cohort uh, is it is it just? I mean, are you now a bunch of BFFs, or are is it like a dysfunctional family where you have your disagreements and you really you know have to hash things out, or or are you just good supporters of each other the whole time? I think BFF. And, and you know what? You said people aren't dying to get a math and science PhD necessarily. That's because they're living for it. That's what they're doing <laughs> so what was the biggest challenge um of of the of going through a phd program because for you know a lot of people a phd is a is a, a stop in their career sometimes or if they continue with their career uh it takes them quite a while to get their phd so that's a lot of times what i hear is the biggest challenge but for you what was the biggest challenge i would say that was yeah it was huge because i worked full-time during my program so it took five years uh, three years of courses and then two years of the you know the all the exam processes at the end and I think that is really hard to to stick with it and to believe you can actually get to the end of it uh, the, especially the last year and a half has been really hard to it's it's a personal struggle to <laughs> maintain every day to go I've got to study and you feel like you're walking around with a weight on your shoulders all the time saying either I'm studying or I'm feeling guilty for not studying and when you work all week and then you you know work late into the evenings then they carry that with you all every weekend and every evening to go uh, I either need to study or get or feel guilty about it I think that's the emotionally the hardest part of the whole thing they say who's that zombie oh that's Heidi you know <laughs> Yeah, I don't have any friends left, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I need my friends again. Right. Well, it, it was a five-year process for you, but you aged 15 years in that mm -hmm. process. Exactly. Oh, well, well, let's talk about your dissertation. Um, I, I read, I, and I don't know anything about this. It says, what middle school principals notice in mathematics? I mean, uh, you're going to have to elaborate that because... You know, I walked outside and noticed it was sunny today, but that's not a real dissertation. So explain what you mean by what middle school principals notice in mathematics and the effect, I guess, that that could have. Noticing in the math education world and teaching and learning is being used now as a, a three-part part process to, for, of methodology to, to learn about uh, noticing. So the first part is what do you attend to? Because you and I might see the exact same thing, or, or we may be looking at the same classroom or the same whatever and see different things, uh, attend to different elements of, of what we, is in there. Once you've attended to something, then you have to make an interpretation of it and decide. And so you and I might see two you know, a student doing something and you might say the student is completely off task and I might say the student's thinking and completely on task. And then the third is then how do you choose to respond based on what you interpreted. So. I, w I had the principals look at some videos and then tell me, what did you notice in that lesson? And uh, based on the information they had about math education coming in, it shaped what they 
were attending to, and then there was a through line into how they chose to respond for some principles. So, when you defended your dissertation, what was it that you shared as the result of this of this research? Because math education's been changing, the there's and it's been changing a lot since you know my generation and even your generation. There's a bit push towards <laughs> a push towards uh, more discourses in the classroom, and those discourses are defined to be um, the ways that people interact, not just through language, but also through the way they behave, their beliefs, their values. They're trying to enact some person, some type of identity within a social group, and so the the mathematical discourses, as we call them in the biz, um, are are that, that we want kids now to really argue and to press on each other's thinking and to make justifications and understand how uh, structures work in mathematics. We want them to be able to use tools and manipulatives, all, all of that. So there's been this push in math education towards that way of thinking about it rather than in my generation where it was, we'll show you how to do some problems, then you're going to do some, and you're going to have the A problems, and the B problems get harder, and then the C problems get harder still. Uh, and then we'll practice those a lot. So it's a very different way of thinking about mathematics. And so the principal, I interviewed three groups of principals, and the principals who'd had professional development about this new way of thinking about mathematical discourses were able to notice when those discourses were happening in classrooms. And uh, the other principals who had not had that kind of professional development did not notice those because they didn't really even know to look for them. This is what I'm saying, what do you attend to? So they attended to two different types of things. So often the people who had not had professional development were attending to uh, less mathematical events and more like classroom management or routines or how kids were seated. The, the principals who had um, professional development were more likely to see those, those discourses in action. So my findings were that principals can learn because the, the three principals or the principals who had had the pre professional development, one of them had been a teacher, a math teacher, but the other two had not been, or two of the three had not had any um, math experience as a teacher. So those principals were able to be taught these math practices and then be able to, to attend to them without the mathematical background. And I think that's pretty important because we, we want principals to be able to notice those things. And the second finding is even when they notice them, they don't necessarily choose to respond to them because we had a couple of principals who were very attentive to the practice of the discourses but did not choose to talk to the teachers about them when they were um, at the end of the, when they were going to have a debrief conversation with the teachers. Now, really quickly, before I ask a follow-up question, was that a train I heard in the background? Could be. Okay. I'm in Woodland. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because that's the questions I remembered from math. If Pablo is on a train going one way <laughs> and Jan is on a train going another way, and then, uh, so this might sound very ignorant because, um, because I am, but why principals? Why not like middle school math teachers? Because my role in the last five years, the 12 years has been at the district office and I've been trying to support schools in making these changes. And the 
a lot of our teachers are coming out well prepared, and they, you know, they, they leave WSU. Actually, WSU has a phenomenal math education program, and these kids come out well prepared. But they go into school systems that don't yet understand what we're trying to accomplish because they were all raised like you and I, uh -huh. and and so they have one vision of math ed education, and there's this new vision, and the boss is going to win, and so often our schools don't our schools aren't yet many of them aren't yet aware of the changes that have been happening in math education and have not necessarily taken them to heart and there's a lot of evidence that the school principal is really really important he, they play a key role in making these changes in schools happen and so we've got a lot of work around teacher knowledge and all of that. We have very little work in, in math education around principal knowledge. And yet they play such an important role that we need to start really thinking about how do we support their learning to make all of this stuff happen. Sure. And all of that aids into this discussion we've had about attrition, especially in the first three years. This is that old conversation about, well, that's, that's fine and dandy in school, but here's the real world. So these young, very well-prepared teachers come out and their spirits get crushed, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I wondered if there was something administrative or maybe that's where we needed to build capacity was was within principals, within administration. I, I think that's fantastic. So how do we need to lobby this with OSPI or legislators to ensure that we can implement these these great research findings that you have into something bigger? What's your hope? Um, my hope right now is uh, my study doesn't necessarily say that, that if principals notice this stuff, it really matters. Uh, what I, my findings are that there is a difference in people who've had professional development and those who haven't and what they notice. I don't have any evidence yet that that makes a difference in terms of really helping teachers grow because that's kind of a, still a real um, black box in education that the evaluation systems we have and, and the supports that principals give may or may not necessarily help teachers grow. So we don't know how that works. Okay. So mine, is the, my, mine is kind of this first step into if this is what we might want principals to know and now we can articulate this is what we want them to know, we can move into a study about, so if they know this, does it make a difference in terms of how they respond to teachers and does that then further on make a difference into, uh, the, into how teachers can practice their craft? Sure. So that second staff step, what you're telling me is that's your next PhD you're earning. <laughs> <laughs> That's somebody else's PhD. Okay, so you've <laughs> you've you've thrown the fastball right down the middle, and it's someone else's job now to knock it out of the park. Right. Well, let me just ask something. Let's go way back in time now. Why did you want to be a teacher in the first place? Uh, I, I think partly it's in the blood. All I have four siblings, and all four of us are, are in education. Um, but math education in particular was because in ninth grade, my algebra teacher. Um, turned math alive. It made it become the most beautiful thing, and it was traditional algebra, but I spent a lot of time in his classroom after school, and I was like, this is amazing. It's a beautiful subject. Who knew it was so amazing? And then I would tutor my friends, and I'm like, quit trying to memorize it. Look, this is how it works. And they'd be like, okay, just let me memorize it because I just want to pass the test. And I'm like, no, but it's so cool. Oh, and great. Heidi's talking again. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my good friend's coming out 
I haven't, you know, I've only seen her a few times since high school. She's coming this summer to visit, and she likes to say, if it weren't for me, she wouldn't have graduated from high school. Um, and she was like, my mom paid you $5 an hour to tutor me? It's like, oh, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to tell you that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I learned, that's where I loved it. I, and I watched my, this one friend in particular, it used to drive me crazy. It's like, no, think about it. It makes, it's so amazing. And I just think that, I thought then that there's got to be a better way to teach math because it's such an amazing subject and we were just killing people. We're, and we still are. We're wounding kids. We're wounding Americans all over the country who are deeply wounded by mathematics. And I just didn't want that to be the case. Well, I would imagine that you, you did have an impact while you were teaching. You had an impact as an administrator. Now you, you've built even more capacity, just you as an individual. Um, I can't wait to see what happens with you know this research. I can't, I can't wait to see how it will positively affect the children moving forward. But in the interim, in the meantime, just short-term congratulations on being the first PhD coming out of this program that's a huge accomplishment and now the most important thing is now you can get some sleep right. <laughs> exactly. all right all right Heidi anything else you want to add I feel really blessed that this program came along when it did I think we it, it's got dynamite professors and like I said I am I'm teaching right now a class for WSU students and I am just really impressed with the math educators that they're turning out out of this program at WSU and um I am really glad to have had the opportunity to study from these incredible professors. Well, Dr. Rhodes, congratulations again, and thank you for joining me on Education Eclipse, the College of Education's podcast. Thank you, sir. You've been listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University. 